Welcome to Time Out with Troy on 101.9 FM. Hello everyone and welcome to the very first airing of Time Out with Troy. Yes, you guessed it, I am your host. I'm Troy Langstaff and I'm very excited to get things going here. This is show number one of 12 and on this show I'll be talking to you about local sports, professional sports, and everything in between. I'll be chatting with some athletes in the Kingston area, notably from Queen's University and the Kingston Frontenacs as well as some other VIPs, coaches, trainers, GMs, whatever the case may be. I'll be doing I'll be doing predictions, analysis, and on this day in history to liven things up a little bit instead of talking about what's going wrong with the Leafs and why they can't get past the first round of the playoffs because we all know there's way too much of that out there already. All right. Anyways, on today's show, I'll discuss some exciting news regarding Queen's Gales Athletics. We know there's COVID and everything going on. We're not talking about that. Good news, good news, good news today. Good news regarding the Queen's Gales Athletics. I'll touch on the World Juniors experience for one of our very own Kingston Frontenacs players. And then we'll get into some North American sports like the NFL, specifically the playoffs, the Toronto Blue Jays news, and more. So let's get things started. All right, so like I said, we're going to do On This Day in History. I'll start the show with one right now, and then closer to the end of the show, I'll end with one as well, just to keep you guys entertained, okay? Or at least that's what I think it's going to do. If you don't like it, then tell me, and I'll not take it out because I like it. All right, anyways, 1990, 31 years ago today. Actually, I think 1990, yep, yep, okay, cool. 31 years ago today, John McEnroe, the American tennis player, becomes the first ever player expelled from the Australian Open for throwing a tantrum and swearing at an official. This is actually super funny because I so I looked this up because I know John McEnroe is one of those, uh, you know, he's got a big personality and he was he was known for for his tantrums and and letting loose at times. So this time he got you know in tennis you get a violation, you get a warning, and then you get a a point penalty and then a game and then I think you get you get expelled but I think this is around the time where they just changed the rules so you only got three strikes and then you're out sort of thing so the first strike he was bouncing a ball in front of one of the lines women to intimidate her because she must have made a wrong call strike number two is he threw his racket on the ground and then strike number three he was arguing a call and then swore an official and bing bang bong he's out of the game or out of the tournament I guess you could say but nevertheless there you go. There's your on your day in history number one. So we'll start things off with some local sports and like I said, some good news. Queen's Academic All-Stars. Queen's just announced their Academic All-Stars for the past athletic year. And there was a record number, 426. 426, that's insane. Varsity student athletes. It's about 42% of all student athletes here at Queen's received the Academic All-Star honor. So I'll go through the list. Um, you guys, you know, join me, read them with me. There's like links on the Queen Gales website. So the first, I think we're, we're going to go in alphabetical order here. So athlete number one of 426 is, no, nah, I'm just kidding. That'd be insane. That'd take like 45 minutes to do. We do not have the time for that. But if you are interested, go on the Queen's website. If you think you know someone, congratulate them. Look at the list. Congratulations to all those athletes. But for those of you that don't know, in order to earn the Academic All-Star Nod or the Academic All-Star Honors, you have to have earned at least a 3.5 GPA, which is about 80%, 80% over the last academic term. 
Uh, the varsity clubs with the highest GPAs were the women's ultimate and triathlon, while the highest GPAs from varsity teams were from women's basketball and women's hockey. So congratulations, ladies, and congratulations to the rest of the athletes. You should all be very, very proud of yourselves. Um, that being said, the youth sports um, organization as a whole, which governs all four uh, youth sports conferences, that is the OUA, Ontario University Athletics, Canada West, the AUS, which is Athletic University Sport, and the RSEQ, which is the Réseau du Sport Étudiant du Québec. Um, so the U-Sports governs all those, and they just announced the top eight academic all-Canadians. There's one female and one male from each of those four conferences. Those make up the eight. And one of our very own from the women's basketball and women's rugby team, Sophie de Goody, earned one of those top eight academic all-Canadian nods. Congratulations. That is absolutely incredible. You should be very, very proud of yourself, and we are all behind you. We all want to congratulate you here from CRFC. Um, you should be very proud of yourself. Congratulations, Sophie. Now, the group of recipients um, for those top eight was announced back on uh, about just over a week and a half, just about a week and a half ago on Monday, January 11th. And there will be these eight athletes will be showcased virtually uh, in mid-February by the Governor General of Canada, of course, due to the COVID restrictions, this has to be online, unfortunately, but still, nevertheless, it doesn't diminish or undervalue your honor in any way. Congratulations. Uh, all members of the top eight are also going to receive a customized ring from Baron, the exclusive provider of championship rings and recognition jewelry for you sports. All right, that's the last ad I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have in here. <laughs> so anyways, but anyways, they all get a ring. Very exciting stuff. It's like you just won an NBA title or the Super Bowl or something. Um, but in terms of, of Sophie de Goody, one of the top eight, top eight from Queens here, uh, it seriously would take longer to list all of her OUA and U Sports awards that she's earned in her three years here at Queens. It would take longer to list all of those than it would to list all 426 Queens athletes who are academic all-stars. Seriously, that's how many awards she has in basketball and rugby combined. It's insane. Uh, but I do want to mention one thing. DeGoody is the seventh Gale, seventh Queens athlete, and, or sorry, seventh Queens Gale, and second Queens female to earn the top eight honor, joining volleyball's Christine Speckins all the way back in 1999-2000. Uh, she's also the eighth female multi-sport student athlete to be recognized, including the first in rugby and basketball. So congratulations, Sophie. Um, as for the other seven athletes, here they are from the men's side. We have UBC Thunderbirds swimmer Marcus Thormeyer, Laurentian Voyagers basketball player Cadre Gray. If you know anything about your sports basketball, you know who Cadre Gray is. This guy is unreal. Carries Laurentian every single year to the playoffs. Um, just at one, of the, one of the greatest OUA basketball men's basketball players of all time. Um, Laval Rouget or cross-country runner and track sprinter Jean-Simon Desgagnés. And his fellow track and field competitor, uh, Matt Coolin of the Dal Tigers. As for the the women, we have swimmer, swimmers, plural. I think there's three of them from the women's side: Kelsey Wog of the Manitoba Bisons, Mary Lou Lapointe from the Montreal Carabins, and Isabel Sardi representing again the Dal Tigers. So both athlete athletes from the AUS from Dal, and again of course Sophie de Goody uh, from Queens who plays 
rugby, and basketball. So congratulations, everyone. Again, you should be very proud of yourselves for everything that's been going on. This year was like none other, so congratulations. Uh, We're going to move on here to the uh, other semi-professional squad uh, here in Kingston. That's the Frontenacs of the OHL. Um, Again, yes, I know we're not playing. That decision was made uh, back in December. They actually had plans to have training camps start mid-January, so that would have been about right now, maybe a week ago. Uh, Many players were set to report to their teams early this month, and games were scheduled to start actually on February 4th, but of course with the lockdown, um, none of that's happening. Um, It's very unfortunate actually for this Kingston team because last year the season was canceled when the Frontenacs were battling for the 8th and final playoff spot in the Eastern Conference and they were just one season removed from finishing dead last in the league. It would have been very, very exciting to see that uh, 8th and final playoff spot race uh, come down to the finish because there was only, I think, only a handful of games left in the season. It would have been fun to watch. Uh, But like I mentioned at the top of the show, the one player that I want to focus on right now is Martin Kromiak of the Kings of Frontenacs, he represented his home country, Slovakia, at these past uh, World Juniors in Edmonton. He put up one goal in, in five games, and that goal actually came against uh, Canada, so I think any um, Canadian fans might have, might have heard his name, because he scored, he scored in a tight game. Canada was up 2-0, uh, Slovaks pulled their goalie, Kromiak scored with 132 left in the third period to make it a one goal game however that's as close as they would get Canada would go on to score an empty net goal win that game 3-1 Slovakia finished uh, fourth in the group with a 1-0-1-2 record which is one win less than they would have hoped they played a really strong German team with uh, featuring Tim Stutzla actually um, anyway, Slovakia would would make the quarterfinals. They'd lose 5-2 to the eventual gold medal champs, USA, by a score of 5-2. So it was a very exciting group that the Slovaks were in, actually. Canada, Finland, they weren't expected to win those games. Switzerland, that was a very exciting game. That was a nail-biter right down to the wire. It was a 1-0 game. Slovakia scored with, I want to say, a couple minutes left in the game to make it 1-0. They would, they would win that, and then, like I said, they lost to Germany in overtime. Uh, so those World Juniors never fail to be exciting. Uh, congratulations to Martin, um, represented his country in the front next very well. Congratulations. So this is the part in the show where we move on to some North American sports. And this one sport in particular that I want to talk about is one sport that I, I'm not normally a fan of, but it, it made some noise in the sporting worlds with, with one event in particular, the UFC. UFC Fight Island was this past weekend, and the main event between Max Holloway and Calvin Qatar was a barn burner. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't close. Well, Holloway won via decision, but it broke so many records. It was insane. Holloway attempted a mind-boggling 744 significant strikes, a number which crushed the previous record of 515, which was set uh, just a couple of years ago in 2019. Uh, this was by far one of the greatest, well, I guess it wasn't by far, but it was one of the greatest UFC fights of all time. Like I said, Holloway dominated from start to finish, and he never seemed like he was hurt. You should have seen a video of this fight. It was unreal. He was taunting Qatar throughout the match, inviting him to strike him. He had his hands down. I highly recommend watching it. If you haven't seen it, go on YouTube. It's probably up there. And even more exciting... This upcoming Saturday, we have, get Poirier versus McGregor 2. 
Everyone's looking forward to that. McGregor, this guy seems like he's been in and out of retirement about 63 times. Uh, he won the first meeting between these two guys via TKO less than two minutes. Poirier is going to come out with, I don't know, he's got to prove something against McGregor, but this that'll be a good fight as well. Um, also, I forgot to mention, I had the huge list here and somehow forgot it, but the the uh, back to the Holloway Qatar fight, it broke about eight records I have listed here. There's more of them, but I have eight here. Uh, records that this fight broke striking differential significant strikes landed significant strikes attempted distance strikes landed head strikes landed body strikes landed total strikes landed and total strikes attempted those are all in the hundreds which is insane but again it was one heck of a fight and i highly recommend uh going back to youtube or ufc wherever you get your news from and, and watching that it was it was incredible uh, moving on here, like I said, uh, predictions, stay tuned. I'll get into those closer to the end of the show. Um, I, remind, I reminded myself here because we're getting into football, and this is where I have my two predictions uh, for the AFC and NFC championship games. But in the NFL here, the uh, divisional round was this past uh, weekend. Green Bay beat the Rams by 14 points. Tampa Bay and uh, Brady and the Bucks beat New Orleans by a score of 30-20 to 20 and in what is most likely Drew Brees' final game. Very sad to see him go. The guy's like 41 or 42 years old. There's It hasn't been confirmed yet, but it's most likely that he's going to retire. Uh, Kansas City beat Cleveland, which was a closer game than a lot of people would thought. It, Kansas City won 22-17. Patrick Mahomes, starting QB for the Chiefs, got hurt. He's in, in concussion protocols. It's actually very scary news for all football fans because this guy is just one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I mean, with all these young guys coming in, it's just a whole new era of quarterbacks. Uh, Mahomes participated in practice this week, but we don't know anything yet. It's a day-to-day sort of thing. I don't think they're going to say anything too early. We'll probably won't know until game time. Um, it's not even going to be announced when we're either going to see him running onto the field or we're not for the first possession. Uh, but regardless, we hope he comes back. We hope he's healthy. And then the fourth and final divisional game, the Bills beat the Ravens beat Lamar Jackson and the Ravens 17-3. Baltimore didn't even score a touchdown. Are you joking? I mean, if you're a real football fan, you know that wasn't surprising because this Bills defense has been unreal and combined with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, those guys have been lighting it up. No surprise that they're in uh, the AFC Championship game, but these games will be very exciting. So as for these championship games, you got Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, versus Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady's been in the NFC for one season, and he's already made an NFC championship game. This guy is unreal. Six Super Bowls, and he's got a chance to to, to make it to another. This is unreal. Aaron Rodgers is trying to get to his second ever Super Bowl. He's 1-0. He won it all back in the 2010 season. He won MVP that year, too. He's actually looking for his third MVP that's pretty well locked up. I mean, it was a, the conversation was between him and Mahomes, and he kind of just... It was a two-horse race in the last, I want to say, five or six weeks of the season, and, and, and Rodgers just sort of pulled away. He's been lighting it up like uh, like Allen and Diggs, but it's it's Rodgers and Adams, Devontae Adams. That's been Those two have been really fun to watch as well. And the other storyline in this game is Tampa Bay looking to become the first team in NFL history to play in their home stadium for the Super Bowl. Think about that. The first team to play in their home stadium for the Super Bowl. The um, NFL doesn't do home teams in the Super Bowl because of home field advantage. It's like 
home field advantage is the largest in football than it is in any other sport. Maybe you could argue argue um, European soccer because the crowds are so large there. It wouldn't really matter this year regardless because of COVID. I mean, there's a couple thousand fans depending where you are in the NFL. Um, but of course, there's going to be fans for the Super Bowl. The NFL simply wouldn't let that happen. Um, but it, it, that would be exciting to see. And, and, and Tampa Bay certainly got a really good shot. The, the last team that came close to doing so was the Minnesota Vikings a couple years ago. They eventually lost in the NFC Championship game to the eventual Super Bowl winners, the Philadelphia uh, Eagles. They got crushed in that game, actually, 38-7. to um, But anyways, it'll be fun to watch. There's going to be two exciting uh, championship games uh, this Sunday. As for the Chiefs and the Bills, It'll be it'll be interesting to see if Mahomes comes back. I mean, if Chad Henney starts, the guy was was electric in the fourth quarter, third of the second half of that game against the Browns. Um, you you would have thought that the guy was running for president. The amount of support that he had after that game it was unreal. Um, but anyways, Chiefs Bills that'll be a tight one as well. I'll let you know my predictions closer to the end of the show. But but that is it. We'll see. Get ready for some exciting football this, this upcoming Sunday. Um, to stay in the NFL news, actually, Philip Rivers, 39-year-old quarterback for the Colts, just announced his retirement late Tuesday night. Um, he lost in the wild card weekend against those Bills, 27-24. Uh, that was about a week and a half ago, or two weeks ago. Uh, regardless, he made this announcement, like I said, late Tuesday night. He plans to stick... Uh, with football, he wants, he's going to become a high school football coach in Alabama at St. Michael Catholic. Um, he hopes to coach his sons there just like his father coached him. Now, isn't that just cute? But no, seriously, proud of Philip Rivers. He's had one heck of a career, probably arguably one of the best quarterback to never uh, win a Super Bowl. He won four division titles with his tenure with the Chargers, seven postseason appearances total, spent 16 years with the Chargers, and then last March signed a one-year, $25 million deal with the Colts, led them to an 11-5 record, and then, like I said, lost to the Bills. But one stat, I could go through all his stats, eighth in wins, fifth all-time in yards, fifth all-time in passing touchdowns behind, I mean, the four greatest of all time. You got Favre, Brady, Breeze, Manning, all those guys up there and then and then rivers i mean it's it, it's it's incredible that he's up there with those guys and and never won a super bowl but the one stat that i did want to point out is that this guy never missed a game after becoming starter in 2006 2006 was the year that drew Brees left for new orleans and then rivers became a starting qb started ready for this this is insane philip rivers started 200 and 42 regular season starts in a row. That's not even the most all-time. He's second behind Brett Favre's 297. Almost 300 games. In football, these guys only play 16 games in a season, and then maybe maybe four games. Four is the max amount, of, max amount of games that you can play in the playoffs. Brett Favre, 297 games started in a row. That was over a 19-year period, 19-year span from 1992 to 2008. 10. Anyways, Philip Rivers is first, ranks first in pretty well every major statistical quarterback for cat or for quarterbacks in Chargers history. This this guy, like I said, never played in a Super Bowl. He was well liked around the league, known for his um audio clips when they mic up players, known for his his hot mics um roasting other players but never swearing. Uh this guy was super fun to watch. 
Um, so congratulations to Philip Rivers on one heck of a career and good luck with with um, this head coaching gig at the high school. Congrats. And moving on to baseball. The Blue Jays had a very exciting last few days, I'll tell you that. I mean, that's the least you could say about it. They just signed George Springer. If you're living under a rock, they just signed just signed George Springer. Six years, $150 million. This was reported two days ago on Tuesday. The Blue Jays and the Mets were the finalists throughout the offseason. Like I said, if you lived under a rock, this has been going on for months. They just signed him. The Mets offer was around six years. It was reportedly around six years and between 120 to 125 million. Uh, Springer's a three-time All-Star. Was 2017 World Series champ, World Series MVP. Uh, plays center field. He will be hitting at the top of the order for the Blue Jays. Brings them some nice, um, some very much needed um, leadoff experience. Uh, that last year the Blue Jays were in contention. And now with another year under the belts of, of the young core with Vladdy, uh, Bichette, etc., this team is ready to do some damage in the AL East. Uh, this team is ready to contend for a World Series title. Well, okay, ready ready con- to contend for a, a very high seed in the playoffs. They added a little bit in the bullpen. The bullpen and pitching was really the, the, the biggest question mark of this team. They added a little bit in there with Tyler Chatwood and Kirby Yates. Um, if you're a casual Jays fan, you're probably a little bit more excited to hear that they signed Springer because it's another popular lane in the uh, popular name in the lineup to go along with Ryu, uh, Vladdy, and, and, and Grichik. Grichik was a really big player for the for the Cardinals a couple a couple of years back. And even more exciting, uh, yesterday on Wednesday there was reports that Brantley, Michael Brantley from the Astros, also signed with the Blue Jays. Unfortunately, that did not happen. So a little bit up and down yesterday for the Blue Jays fans. Brantley signed with the Astros two years, $32 million. And also last week, DJ LeMayhew from the Yankees had a long um, stint with the Rockies and then signed with the Yankees. Blue Jays thought they were close with him as well until uh, he signed with the Yankees. So that's a little bit unfortunate. But regardless, we'll look at the bright side. Got George Springer, big name in the lineup. Blue Jays are going to be good. Very, very good. Going to be exciting to watch. So uh, keep up to date with them. Now we get into the NHL. The NHL just starting up. It seems like Tampa Bay won the Stanley Cup not you know just a couple months ago. This very exciting North Division is a lot of fun to watch. We're going to see the the Battle of Alberta a hundred times. We'll see Leafs versus Habs two hundred times. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But since there's only seven teams in this division, they're going to play games against other teams like seven or eight times. I mean, honestly, it could be more than that. Um, but it, it'll be fun to watch. We saw in the very first game, the season opener for the Habs and the Leafs, there was a fight that doesn't happen very often. It was exciting to see the Leafs with the two-goal comeback, and they won it in overtime off a of Morgan Riley goal. Wayne Simmons brings a lot to that lineup. He was the guy that got in a fight against Ben Chirot for the Habs. Um, that was exciting. This is going to be super exciting, this North Division. Probably the most exciting division. I wouldn't say it's the most competitive in the league, but you could argue that's the most exciting with the rivalries and, you know, just Leafs, Habs, original six, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Maybe a little bit of bias because I'm a... Okay, I don't want to get, I don't want to give a spoiler or don't want anyone coming at me in my DMs. I am a fan of one Canadian team. It is not the Leafs. 
Anyways, Tim Stutzla I mentioned earlier with Team Germany scored his first career goal the other day. It was pretty. It was pretty odd. If you didn't see it, go check it out. The puck flew up in the air, came down, got it before it even touched the ice, or maybe banked off the ice when top cheddar. It was a gorgeous goal. This guy's gonna be super fun to watch. This Ottawa team will not finish. Well, they're probably gonna finish last in the division, but they're they're better than people think they are. Okay, I'll give them that. I was I was doing research. Um, for the show on the NHL, and um, I saw a lot of predictions. A lot of people did a lot of predictions on these new, the new division alignments and where teams are going to finish. And the Canadian division was probably the most out in the open. I think that's why it's going to be so exciting. It's because you don't really know where everyone's going to finish. I think the unanimous choice for first place in the division was obviously the Leafs. Um, sure, we'll give it to them. They'll finish first. But you know what? They'll probably be, I'll put more money on them being out in the first round than them finishing top three in the division. Seriously, it's it's unreal how how poor this team is in the, in the playoffs. Anyways, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. I'm done there. Leaving it at that. Um, last place, like I said, Ottawa, that was a unanimous decision. Uh, but second through sixth was just a gong show. Every team finished in every other spot. There was like, it was crazy. There was there was never a consistent choice on where, you know, the Jets finished or the Flames or Canucks, Habs. It, it was crazy. So that's why I think it's going to be one of the more exciting divisions to watch. Um, now over to basketball. A lot going on there. The season started. The Raptors, you know, starting to get back on track. And this is a this is a, looking like a breakout season for Chris Boucher. The guy's been lights out off the bench. Conversation to be starter. Um, this guy's been in the Raptors system for the last few years. He's never really got it going, but now with since everyone left last season, this guy's getting a lot more playing time, and he's showing you why he deserves it. This guy's this guy's a lot of fun to watch. He's big. He uses his body down there in the paint, and just like it's it's I don't know how else to describe it. This guy's fun to watch. Just go watch a Raptors game if you never heard the name. If you never heard the game, also get out from underneath the rock that you're living under. Um, Anyways, as for the rookies, LaMelo Ball, yes, he's a big name. He's probably getting more airtime because he's from the Ball family with Lonzo LaMelo LaVar, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. But this guy is good. This guy is seriously good. He's probably my favorite to win Rookie of the Year. Um, he like He's just carrying the Hornets. I think he's the youngest guy now to have a triple-double in the NBA. I, I want to say he broke Ben Simmons' record. And if I'm right, that's pretty – like Ben Simmons with the record for youngest triple-double. Honestly, could be Doncic. Who knows? But regardless, LaMelo Ball's got the record now, all right? He'll be keeping that for a little while. Uh, keep an eye on him. If you're an NBA fan or if you're a casual NBA fan, look him up. These Char- he, You know what? I'm going to say he's a lot more fun to watch too because these Charlotte uniforms are absolutely fire. Go check them out. I really suggest it. And other news that you're probably surprised I haven't brought it up yet is the James Harden trade. Um. It was like a 60-player deal involved. It was crazy. There was about 100 draft picks involved in it, too. Uh, Harden to the Nets. Now with KD and Kyrie, that team is going to be electric. Super fun to watch. Probably finishing top three in the East. Um, Harden's first game with the with the Nets put out a, a triple-double like it was nothing. Just whipped it out of his back pocket. He's super happy to be away from Houston, clearly, if you had a, saw in his interview. He's like, he says something like, this team, there's a problem here that can't be fixed. I've done what I can. Thank you. Or something like that in the, in the interview. I, I recommend watching that too after you watch that Holloway Qatar fight. Um, anyways, that guy's he's loving it 
in uh, Brooklyn. Okay, now for the predictions. I'll keep it short and sweet. I only have predictions on the NFL games coming up. I could be wrong, and I'm going to say something. I will own up to these. I will own up to them next week if I get them totally wrong. Green Bay versus Tampa Bay. Rodgers, Adams, been electric. Brady, don't think he's going to, He's he can only be so good. I have Green Bay coming out on top, 27 to 17. I'll keep this in mind, come back to it next week. Kansas City, Buffalo. If Mahomes doesn't start, it's going to be a blow. Buffalo's going to dominate. If he does start, I still don't think he's, he's not going to be 100% for sure. I have Buffalo coming out on top. That's going to be one heck of a Super Bowl. But the score for that game, 24-21, Bills. Okay? That's what I'm thinking. So anyways, I'll hold myself to it. I'll let you know what happens next week. And like I said at the beginning of the show, I will also end this with On This Day in History, keeping it with football-themed. 1979, you do the math, how that was the shirt 80 years ago. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, Super Bowl eight, Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Dallas Cowboys 35-31 in Miami. Most valuable player, Terry Bradshaw, quarterback. So there we go. There we have it. That's all I have for this week. That's all the time we have here today. Thank you guys so much for listening. I had a blast. I hope you guys join me next Thursday at 3 p.m. for the second episode of Time Out for Troy. Thanks again. See you next week. Stay safe, everyone.